trending news right now. Nine minutes past four. Let's talk social media trends. Looking at the last 24 hours now in our trending topics. Dr. Meji Makoba, our social commentator, joins us. Doctor, how are you this morning? Hello, Dr. Meji. I'm here. Thanks. Thanks. And how are you? I'm good, thanks. How was the weekend? Oh, the weekend was fine. Didn't do much. Okay, that's good. Staying at mm-hmm. home, relaxing and gathering your energy for Monday, yep. <laughs> for the weekend. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so today we start uh, talking hashtag Kusala Diko and uh, hashtag Bandile Masuku. So they are the former Gauteng MEC of Health, uh, Dr. Bandile Masuku, and uh, the uh, presidential spokesperson, Kusela Diko. They were suspended and they've successfully appealed their suspensions uh, as Gauteng ANC PEC members. So uh, Diko had been accused of playing a role in the irregular awarding of a 125 million rand personal protective equipment contract uh, to her late husband. So what is uh, Masuku guilty of? What was he guilty of? I think they were both uh, accused of, of almost similar charges, but the, the role they played in the awarding of the of the tenders like uh, like similar to conflict of interest, that they were close to the, all the parties that received uh, the money, I mean the, the contract, and and I think it's quite really strange because I think the ANC is stretching itself here because the ANC is not a law enforcement agency. Uh, for 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 the provisional disciplinary committee to say they must step aside, I think that was a good move, mm. and the ANC should have allowed the. I see you to take to investigate these people and make a conclusion whether they were uh, they've done something unethical or corrupt uh, because I don't think the ANC has any capacity to find somebody guilty to, or to clear somebody of corruption because they are not a law enforcement agency. Mm. So for for these people to step aside with full pay could have been a nice decision, a good decision that would restore the image of the ANC. But now it's kind of confusing that uh, they are kind of even... it's the, 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 the findings don't even corroborate because the first committee said they were... Uh, they have brought the party's name into disrepute, mm. which makes sense. And the other one comes to say that no, they were, they were, they, were, they did not do anything corrupt. And I think that's where the National Disciplinary Committee it's stretching itself because I don't think in the ANC they have such capacity. I think that responsibility should be left to state agencies or law enforcement agencies that are dealing with corrupt cases, whether somebody is corrupt or not, because those are the people who will be knowing the law, and I don't think the ANC has that capacity to clear anybody of any wrongdoing. Mm. So the National Disciplinary Committee, then, the NDC, recommending that uh, all PEC members, including Masugu and Digo, be schooled about ethics and moral conduct and the ANC constitution, why would they need to be schooled? Surely they should be knowing this before they even become a part of uh, the, the the leading party and, and knowing what the constitution is. Yeah, which is 
quite very strange because you would think that somebody in the ANC at such at that level should be well versed with all the ANC processes, but they feel the moment you start saying that it seems that there's something wrong that they've done, maybe whether it's by oversight or misunderstanding it shows that there's a problem. And I think they sh- that's it's not a, a they are not supposed to be advising people to to understand ethical processes mm. because I think the charges that were they are faced they were facing are quite serious and I think we need an, an independent body to come and pronounce on their integrity and professionalism. And I think by clearing them off of any corruptions, I think the party is really stretching itself and it could have been more important for them if they said, uh, we understand that you you are innocent before the law or you 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 are innocent until proven guilty and let's have somebody independent like a state agency investigate the charges and after you have been cleared that's where you can be reinstated from your various positions uh, but they lost that opportunity do you think uh, opposition parties will let this go because now they are going to be resuming their duties as pec members uh, dr bandila masuku and uh, kusela Diko? i don't think they're going to let it go because they seem like the, the charges were quite serious and i think for the anc to clear them of of corrupt of corruption it's quite curious so i think somebody would have a case to say that let a state agency which is independent investigate their conduct and that's where the credible outcomes would come but as the anc doing this quite strange remember that we we had this similar case when gwereman Tejo was still the secretary general of the anc where he said he was going to uh, collect evidence whether there was state capture or not and people mm. uh, went to his office offering evidence and the ANC decided that there was no any evidence that there was state capture in South Africa and I think this is the same situation where the ANC is becoming a referee and a player at the same time. Mm. All right, let's move on now. Talking hashtag Jacob Zuma then. He's seeking acquittal of all uh, corruption charges and is demanding that state prosecutor Billy Downer must recuse himself uh, in terms of the corruption trial. He's saying that uh, Downer is unfit for several reasons. What are the reasons? Oh, He, he said that uh, the, the, the prosecutor was was working, was working on this case when... Uh, he was acquitted from he, he the case was dropped in 2009 and then he was also linked to McKesey mm. uh, in 2009 and by that he's he's not fit for purpose because he should have been left alone with that team that was linked with the case and how political interference took place and i think for jacob zuma this is something very strange because if he had anything on the prosecutor, mm. he could have from day one tried to gun mm. for him and he didn't do it. And the timing is quite strange because now people are saying that this is another delay tactic because if he had any strong evidence on on the prosecutor, he should have from day one said, no, this guy's not fit for purpose. I don't think he's independent enough to be part of the prosecutorial team. 
and he didn't take that opportunity. And for him, this could be another delay tactic because if mm. the court says, no, the guy's okay, he did not do anything wrong, then Zuma might take this thing to appeal and the case is going to drag. And actually to even go for a prosecutor this way, it's quite very strange because they are now reflecting on his professionalism, mm. that he isn't professional enough to to be on the prescribed uh, committee or team. And I, and I could link this to why the previous legal team resigned, because you don't just accuse anybody of being biased. It's a serious it's a serious allegation in 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 the law legal fraternity that you find that somebody it's not fit to take a decision that you are reflecting on their professional standing and I don't think as an ethical lawyer you sh- you would be willing to do that without concrete evidence. Yeah, I mean also he's saying Zuma is saying that uh, Downer can't be, can't be trusted because he's previously leaked sensitive information about him to journalists. Uh, this journalist being Sam Sol who in 2002 wrote an article about Zuma where he reported that Zuma was involved in an attempt to secure a bribe in exchange for uh, protection during the investigation into the arms deal. How can he prove that, uh, that, you know, uh, Downer was being malicious in this, uh, where it could be just a, a case of a journalist doing his research and asking questions around anyway to anyone? Yeah, I think it's hard to prove. I don't think he has any autotype case and... I mean, but at the same time, what Zuma's legal team might be doing might be morally questionable, but it's not necessarily illegal. I think it's within Zuma's right to use all his legal avenues to challenge uh, the prosecutor or to make sure that he stayed out of out of prosecution. And I think it, maybe they would they should give him a fair hearing and maybe let's hear whether. The, what the court says about this prosecutor and then they'll, they'll take it from there because I think the the law does provide him with that with those rights that he can challenge anybody who's on the on the team against or that presiding over his of over his charges and I think they should just give me a, a say here and let's see what goes on. All right, let's move on. Then talking the DA, they are uh, going to court. They're taking the ANC to court over the governing parties. Uh, as they say, evil policy of CADA deployment. And they're saying that no public servant should be favoured or prejudiced because they support a, partic- a particular political party or cause. I think the DA there has a case, but it's quite difficult on how they're going to have access to such information because uh, the ANC, it's not a public entity or in which you can just want to have access to their uh, personal or uh, confidential information. Uh, whereas the culture of Kita deployment could have ruined this country at many levels, but I don't think the DA could actually have access to such information. They might be having issues at a, at a cultural level, but legally I don't think they would be in a position, any court could be in a position to force the ANC to release the information. And they do have like uh, serious concerns that mm. having to recommend somebody, I mean, for the ANC to recommend to the government that they must appoint this 
particular candidate over other people. I think that is very illegal, but I don't think any court can force them to release the information. So what does this act uh, provide for then, the Promotion of Access to Information Act that they are using as a basis for this case, the, the DA? I think it, it, it works well mostly for public entities. Mm. And if it's a private organization, it's kind of very, very difficult because they are not necessarily accountable to the public. If it was at a, an organization, there could be an argument made that this is a, something that is funded by the taxpayer. So the ANC is not funded by the taxpayer necessarily. So it's going to be very difficult to force them to raise any information. If it was a state entity that was in, responsible for, for this thing of CLIDA deployment, it could have been easy for the DA to force the ANC to release the information. But now it's kind of a private entity and it's going to be very difficult because the ANC might claim that the information that the DA is looking for is quite sensitive and it's going to affect their operational processes. And I think that could be a strong case against releasing of such information. Yeah. Okay. Let's listen to a voice note then from a listener on what we've covered so far. Uh, morning. What ANC in routing is doing is nothing unusual. In every company or every employer has got the right to suspend any employee when they've committed a certain offense. Not all offenses are the same. Things like fraud, corruption, theft, serious uh, misconduct. You get suspended. When you get suspended, it doesn't mean you are guilty or uh, no. It allows the employer to carry out an internal investigation. Once they're finished and there's no any um, real evidence that you are, you've committed that offense, then you are cleared of that offense and you come back to work. It's a normal labor practice. It's nothing unusual about that. All right? So it's happening every day in lots of companies. All right? It's just that because the ANC is a governing party, it becomes a public knowledge. People are saying, hey, ANC is not a, a, a law enforcement. No, this has got nothing to do with law enforcement. It's an internal process happening within the ANC. And they've used their processes to clear these two individuals. So they're coming back. Nothing unusual about this. Happens from Limpopo. All right, Herbert, we hear you. Thanks for your views. Then I think it will also just be interesting, Dr. Makoba, to hear from the opposition parties, as we say. I mean, the DA has already taken the ANC to court over something else. I wonder that they're not going to add this now on top of those charges they want to put uh, forward or grievances they want to put forward. But let's move on talking about uh, AKA now. So he's done uh, his first interview and this was conducted uh, since the the death of uh, Tembe, his former fiance. He's broken his silence already. I didn't think he would be talking this soon. I don't know. For me, it just felt like it was too soon. Yeah, I think he, uh, he should have been given the space to mourn the person of his partner. But I think the pressure was also building because it's not easy just to allow people to talk about your life that day without saying anything because once your reputation is ruined seriously it's going to be too late for you to try to salvage it and i think uh the interview 
um, showed somebody who's very, very well changed to do with the media because uh, some of the questions that we, they, were, they asked him about whether he was using drugs, he didn't deny using drugs, and he was also owning a, some, taking some responsibility for how the relationship was unfolding. Mm. And I think uh, that kind of shows somebody who is well-trained to handle the media in the sense that uh, once you admit responsibility for some of the issues, it's quite it becomes difficult for people to want to hold you to something because when you kind of confess that I have done this, I was also uh, violent, I had anger issues. I mean, he kind of tries to get public sympathy, and I think the interview worked well for him. Okay, so I mean, he was saying that and claiming that Nelly uh, Tembe was suffering from a mental health issue and had allegedly been taking medication for her condition uh, and said that her father, uh, Moses Tembe, knew of her struggles even though uh, he denied this at uh, the funeral. Would that not be something that's quite controversial for him to say? I think it's quite controversial, and I think if the family feels it's untrue that... Uh, their daughter was on medication. I think they must put the side of their their story forward. But if they don't, I mean, the public, the way AKA handled the interview, uh, the interview, they want to accept his version of the truth as the correct version until the family comes out to challenge his interview because uh, he showed a lot of emotion, and I think. Celebrities and politicians are also taught how to display emotion without, I mean, saying whatever they were saying is true or not. They can just show emotion. And I think for the public, that kind of works well because he would come across as somebody who's remorseful and somebody who deserves a second chance, but would wait until the family releases a statement to dispute his uh, account. If they don't, and I think the interview is going to work for him. Yeah, that's the thing. If they don't, and and we won't know why they're not coming forward and sharing their side of the story, we're just going to end up assuming. So he denied that their relationship was toxic, but he said it was tumultuous. Isn't that a, a contradiction? No, I mean, what is tumultuous? It's, it, tumultuous is toxic. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I think as he was repeatedly saying during the interview that he his role there was not to to discredit his former partner, but to protect her legacy. And uh, by what he was saying, I think the relationship for an average person, the way he described it, could have been described as toxic because if you are in a relationship with somebody and you are saying that the way they had threatened to take their lives on several occasions and... People are going to ask, weren't you the cause? What is it that you've done that causes somebody to want to take their life? And I think the moment when you are in a relationship and somebody feels like sometimes they can take their life, I think that's a toxic relationship. Mm. And the other thing is that, you know, Nelly can't share her side of the story. So that's why for me, I just felt like maybe it's even too soon for him to, to be speaking out. I mean... The other person, the other party can't defend or 
support what's being said. It's just a whole thing that's weird to me. But, I mean, I understand then. I guess it's a, it was a, maybe his PR team that said you need to say something. But, uh, yeah, let's leave it there then. But also, what do you think then? Also, our poll question today, uh, Meiji, is that are we doing enough to celebrate Africa Day and embracing our collective cultures because we'll be celebrating this day tomorrow? What are your thoughts? I think days such as Africa Days or human rights are quite problematic, really. Uh, I think African culture is too strong just to be relegated to one day that we need to celebrate it. And I think these days are kind of curtailing us from serious issues. Uh, I think Africa doesn't need those type of days that once off we celebrate our culture. Uh, we really need to focus on serious issues that transforms the cultures of the society because in many spaces, culture, I mean, Africans are a numeric majority but cultural minorities. And I think that we should start there where our cultures are trained, are playing the central focus on how we run the economy and different sectors of the of the society. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for your time again. Appreciating it, uh, Dr. Makoba, our social commentator. Thanks, uh, Doctor. Thanks for having me. Okay, that wraps up our trending topics then, looking at social media in the last 24 hours.